Welcome back, Bucket Busters. I'm your host, Tim Johnson, and this is the Busted Bucket Podcast. Locally grown here in Portland, Oregon, the city of roses, city of bridges, Stumptown PDX. This is a show dedicated to Rip City and everyone who loves Portland basketball. Joining me today is my co-host, Eric, the Encyclopedia Foster. Oh, baby, I love it. The Bay Area Blazer, Rosa Panta. Look good, feel good, pod good, let's get it. And keeping us honest, the man in the chair, Blazer Ben. Bingo, bingo, bongo, Blazer fans. I love you guys. <laughs> I love this. I love we this love intro, you. man. I love this intro. Fellas, 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 so stay hyped. hyped because this is probably, I will say, what we're about to talk about on the show uh, is probably the first like real exciting thing. Well, I guess somewhat exciting thing heading into the season. So tonight or today, uh, we're recording on the 28th training camp opening opened right uh they had their first um day of training camp today um but they also had media day yesterday yes now, sir this entire Woo! episode is going to be devoted to media day now fellas i figure what we can do is just roll with how it it, it came out over the the live stream so why don't we start with olshay and look there's a lot of haters out there, right? I mean, myself included, because I expected Olshay's presser to be a train wreck, a complete train wreck. And I don't know Ditto. what you guys are feeling. Yeah, that's what I'm saying, man. Uh, especially after the way that they handled the Chauncey hire. But I will say I was surprised at how well Olshay did. Eric, I'm going to start with you. Give me, give me some bullet points on, on what you took away from Olshay's presser. Presser, excuse me. So, like you said, heading into it, I was expecting Neil to kneel. And Neil Olshay, to me, is and always has been kind of a diva. He's kind of made himself a larger-than-life caricature as opposed to a GM who's relatable who gets along with the media. He's always kind of felt like he was Beverly Hills instead of West Lynn. Actually, it's probably the same thing. Uh, <laughs> Beverly Hills versus, you know, Mississippi post-2012. Um, but he did really well, and the stuff that he hit on was stuff that I thought he could have mishandled. So the Chauncey hire comes up, and... He handles it with a candor that's real, and he kind of just plays it off like, look, I'm glad you asked, but we've already touched on this, and we're just going to move forward, and we're going to keep the ball rolling and talk about the now. You know, I want to interject you real quick. Like, that, that, I'm glad you brought that up, because I know it's probably still pretty fresh in a lot of people's minds, but, like, the whole point of this presser is to kind of get ready for the season, right? So the fact that that was brought up yet again after it was clear that they weren't they weren't wanting to talk about it anymore after the the Chauncey hire after that conference I was a little miffed that they brought it back up again 
Well, you knew it was coming because you know how some of these guys are. You know, I hate to be the, that guy. And this is a positive podcast where we really only try to hit on the good things and we don't dwell on the negative. There is a contingent of Portland media, Blazers Twitter, that is never going to let that go regardless of how, you know, that investigation shook out, how the Blazers investigation shook out, how it shook out in 1997 when the Massachusetts or the Boston, Massachusetts DA you know, went through that. They're always going to touch on it because there's a part of Portland that loves to grind an ax. And he handled it with a, in a way that was dismissive, but was also, it was also acknowledging that it was there, you know, and he didn't do that in the Chauncey conference. You know, it was more dismissive and we wanted to touch on it briefly and then move way far away. Right. As opposed to, We've already done this. We've done this song and dance. I appreciate you asking, but we're not going to do this again. Mm-hmm. And I really appreciated the way he handled that because, and we'll talk about Chauncey later, it really set the stage for Billups to come up there for his press conference and knock a home run out of the park, which he did. Then he talked about the rest of the guys that he brought in. One of the big things was he said that he had not gotten an opportunity in previous seasons to bring in lower level pay guys that were talent wise, a caliber above what they'd brought in in the past. And that is a fact. Uh, okay. I'm again, I'm glad you brought that up. So he said he was more successful this year in his vet minimum signings than previous years, but say what you will about mellow. What about mellow? I mean, this is the thing about Melo. Oh, can can I interject here? Absolutely, it's yours, man. Absolutely. Go for it, bro. This is the thing about Melo. It was a wink, wink, nudge, nudge deal between Melo and him. Melo needed a place to go. Okay, Olshay was competing with nobody. Can we put that out there? He was really competing with nobody. The only person that had anything to gain from that. Literally was mellow, and he had to go up to and kneel to kneel and say, "Hey, like, this is my requirements. I need this. Please, can I be on your team?" Basically, right? Because Damian loved him, CJ loved him. He's well beloved among a lot of those players. So I don't even think that was such a great get because Mello was literally waiting to be signed. We just made him more uh, relevant. Yeah. 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 Well, what you and did the is argument. what what we did is we extended the legend of Mello. That's that's really what Portland did. It was a revival and an extension, and now he gets to go try and win a chip with LA. And speaking of LA, let's let's just tap in right now. LeBron is his guy, right? LeBron is his guy. LeBron's been in, in his corner. He's tweeted about him. LeBron has player personnel authority. Guys who LeBron wants to play with get put on LeBron's team if they're available. Carmelo Anthony has been available for three seasons. At no point did LeBron go to first the Cleveland Cavaliers. Wait, no. Yeah, the Cleveland Cavaliers when he got cut from Houston. Then his years in Los Angeles, did he go and say, go get me Carmelo Anthony? Right. So... Rose right. He wasn't, he, there was not a, a line of NBA teams that were lining up to get him, you know? So 
Mello is not to me a guy that you would traditionally say, well, he's a vet minimum guy. He's a vet minimum guy because he's made 250 million plus in his NBA career and needed a spot to land in order to solidify was he his not, spot back was in the NBA. Was that not a vet minimum signing though? Was he was he not? More teams are lining up to get Cody Zeller, Tony Snell, and Ben McLemore than we're lining up to get Melo. That is what why that, that I think this year is more successful for Olshay. Absolutely. Because more people, there was more demand. There's there's other teams these players could go on. There was no other team, literally, that Melo could go. And it just so yes. happened to pan out for us because like he, he gave a lot of leadership. Um, he could score a bucket here and there, and maybe he was misused by like by Terry Stotts. Or we just promised Overused. him too much. Overused. Exactly. Overused for sure. Exactly. So I, I think this year's signings, way better. Olshay's right on it. He hit it on the nose. Definitely a bigger success this year. Look, I'm not disagreeing with you guys. I'm just playing devil's advocate here because I do think that Melo was a somewhat successful signing, but he was Super also successful. Pro- he was also um, probably the biggest name that the Blazers have signed in True. recent memory. True. Um, but I agree with you. Um, I think that, that this year, I think, I think Neil's right, man. I think it's more successful this year. Just the caliber, like the overall talent pool that was brought in. Mm-hmm. So Eric, okay. I don't know if you had more to say, but now is the time to say it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think that, you know, a lot of people are going to look at what we did as a team and who we signed and feel like it was underwhelming. But this was an addition by subtraction year for Neil and the Blazers and for them to get rid of Cantor and to let Mello walk and bring in guys like Zeller, Snell, Macklemore, Nance Jr., um, you know, whichever guy signs for that 14th spot, whether it's Chris, Patterson, you know, Smith Jr. They got better and they got better without the tools that a lot of other teams use to get better. There was not a lot of cap space. There was not a lot of trade availability, you know, based on the roster that as it had been constructed last year. So as an Olshay critic, I can be objective here and step back and say, not only did he do a good job. He also sold it really well in this press conference yesterday. Oh yeah, I agree. I, I think he was very charismatic. I mean, when isn't he charismatic? You know what I'm saying? But um, you well, know, he's that, the thing is, is that other years he felt like a used car salesman to me. Where like uh, he's I, talking hey, to me, he's and, still sounding like a used car salesman. Come <laughs> not on, quite because he sold it. Used, he sold used that car, car. Salesmen are still charismatic. <laughs> How do I you think, think man, they stay in business? He sold the that guy car. Looks like, on, he on looks like a used car salesman, man, for sure. True. I got the extended True. warranty from him yesterday. The extended warranty was on there. I got the uh, I got the tech package deal. Yeah. I bought the OnStar. He, like, he got me. He got me. He I'm, sold me last night. I am there oh, yeah. absolutely with Eric. Oh, yeah. Uh, me yeah, too. He sold me. Me too, man. Me too. And it's surprising. So, it's surprising. I'm sure people are rolling their eyes at us right now because there's a lot of Neil Olshay haters but I guarantee he, people are. He really sold it, and he did a really good job this offseason. I mean, all the pieces just seemed to to fall in with what was available for us. And the last thing that I'm going to say is if you look at the numbers, you look at who he brought in. 
and you look at what they contributed last year and how that can translate to this year. Right. They shot 40%. Okay. We needed shooters. We needed shooters. We went out and got shooters. Those guys that they brought in shot 40% combined on 16 attempts a game. Okay. That's six additional three-pointers a game. Mm -hmm. Defensively, Nance is second in the league in deflections. Macklemore, for his career, has been known as a 3 and D guy. Snell is a 3 and D guy. Nance is a defensive guy. The numbers back up what he said. Yeah, absolutely. And if we're going to talk about, you know, players that we've brought in in the past, I mean, uh, I'm pretty sure, Eric, you got into a, a, a Twitter battle with Pinwheel Empire, I believe, recently, um, maybe within a day or two, about the, the uh, bench being better this year than it was in previous years and i think you know the the team in 2019 was brought up and you know i i think basically what we should take away from it is that the fact of the matter is we may not have you know certain talented individuals but the skill set that we brought in better uh uh solidifies this group like this team is better overall because of the skill set that we brought in. One through 12. Like you take your top 12 yeah. players from 2019 and you take your top 12 players from 2021 based on the roster. This team is better than that team. <clears throat> One through 12. Yeah. It just is. And, I, know, and that's not to say anything about that 2019 Western Conference Finals team. That team true. was very, very good. Oh, it was great. You had, you had Hood. And you can't say Cantor because Cantor immediately stepped in and took over that starting role for Nurk when he broke his leg. So really, you you had Hood and you had Curry, and then you had very little else that was Turner. helping you out down the stretch. Evan Turner, well, Turner, Turner. Yeah. Well, you, dude, I'll give Turner credit because no, 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 he won no, that no. Game I, I'm, seven. I'm supporting you. Not, not. He was not good. Not good at all. But that one, that one game, game, he showed up. He showed up that game oh, seven, well, and he won that game. And golf clap for that one game. <laughs> hey, I'll but take you it. know what? But that's what you need, right? You need guys that can that can help you win those one games here and there. You know, those single games. And and I think that with these guys that we have on have on the roster this season, like you have more of those types of players yep. uh, that can help you do that versus you know somebody that's really freaking good at rebounding and getting putbacks, but can't play defense or, well, yeah, you know, he, you're getting torched for a triple double. by Yeah. Jokic in the play. I mean, it's like, yeah, man. And, 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 you know, back in 2019, Gary Trent jr. Wasn't Gary, the Gary Trent jr. We know today, you know, that was not his breakout season. Um, right. You know, it, you had hood who got injured. I, I believe he got injured that season, right in the playoffs. Yeah. He got injured against Denver. Yeah. So, you know, the thing about like that versus or that year versus this year, if Tony Snell gets injured, you got Ben McLemore or Mac. I keep wanting to say McLemore like I'm anyway. Uh, <laughs> he's about to put out his next album, but uh, you know, you got you got McLemore that can step in, right? Like like you've got you've got more, uh, I guess, similar pieces that bring other other you know, stat boosters to this team versus the one guy that can do the one thing. Yeah. Well, and you're starting five too. You're starting five is better too. You know, you're not starting Mo Harkless and Aminu. You're starting Norman Powell. Oh yeah. And you're starting Covington. Robert Covington and you're getting Nurkic back, you yeah. know? So yeah. one, like I'm saying one through 12, you have a 
more balanced team and what you're not as top heavy as you were in 2019 maybe your one through six was better Mm-hmm. you know in Wait. 2019 but your 1 through 12 wasn't and those extra guys make a difference and then you have some guys who are playing that 13th and 14th spot who are rotational guys who are going to be able to step in and contribute which you didn't have before and six, there are players six, seven, that can eight. play defense your 6, 7, 8 though are refined players coming off you know successful off seasons like Little and Nance and Simons too you know mm-hmm. looking yeah. to have breakout years this year too coming off I the think, bench yep. I think the sort of like encapsulate like everyone's thoughts here and kind of like wrap up our thoughts basically the difference between then and now is that our our roster has an identity it absolutely has an identity you could see it throughout every single player one through 12 exactly what they're looking for all the other years it seemed almost random like that dude could play offense but that dude could play defense this person could rebound but he can't pass like you know what i mean they were missing stuff but uh, we found a lot of these players to do the same things at the same positions so that this offense and defense can play the same way one through 12. Yes. And I think that's where the strength is, is that there's going to be consistent coaching, consistency on offense and defense. And we'll talk about this when we get to Chauncey. But this team has an identity and Neil O'Shea definitely sold it. Yes. And thank you for doing that because we do need to yeah. move on to Chauncey. <laughs> that, that, that ship sailed real far. Now, Ro. <laughs> Ro, I'm going to start yes, with sir. you, man. I'm yes, going to start with you. I know you're a big Chauncey fan. Amen. So I started with, with Eric last time. Let's go with you. What are the bullet points? What what do what do we want to touch on with Chauncey? What's the what's the best thing I'll that you say, heard from him? I will say it in one phrase. And I want him to say it over and over and over again. Like scream it from his chest. Say it with your chest. Put an address on it. And it literally means that if someone's messing up, you know, he said that I'm going to address in front of the team, so not, you know, in pressers and stuff exactly who the person is that's messing up on defense on offense you missed an assignment you did that and that's something that we lacked with terry stotts it's like he would talk about the team we didn't play good we played bad defense we're gonna play better defense and there was literally no accountability and you saw it from game to game chauncey is definitely a player's coach and the way that he speaks and the way that he connects with players i mean he already had Damian, a relationship with Damian Lillard. I mean, that tells you alone that this man is going to be able to get through to this team because he already has the star buying in. 100% buying in. That's what I took from this conference when Chauncey was speaking. I know he talked a lot about, about, a lot about movement, like on offense, a lot about playing in the paint and having the defense get sucked in. But the thing that I took is that this team is 100% buying in, and that's a very exciting thing. Well, and it's great that they're buying into the accountability part, right? Put yeah. an address on it. I mean, that I'm going to put that on a shirt. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, like that is that is the biggest thing, and I think maybe the biggest criticism uh, sent towards Stotts' direction, man. Uh, by the way, there were some... We're going to get to Nurk in a minute, but... There were some serious blows thrown in Stott's direction when Nurk was up there. <laughs> Nurk likes There's some shade, shade, dude. There was some shade. Yo, there, there were shots shade. fired for sure. Yeah, a little but, petty, but I like it. You know, you know, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna agree uh with you on on your takeaway from Chauncey because there needs to be an address put on it, right? 
Um, yeah. The players need to be held personally accountable because that's how you improve. Uh, the next thing that I saw was that he wants to improve the ball movement. And that is going to be so huge for us. Now, Eric, I wanted to pass it down to you once more before we get to Benjamin. But, Eric, can you can you counter any of what Rose said or add to it? Give me your thoughts, man. You know, I think Chauncey is a big-time players coach, like Rose said, and I think that there is a lot of great things that are going to come out of his coaching, mainly, though, because of the coaching staff that he's brought in. He's brought in Roy Rogers. He brought in uh, uh, Brooks. Curry, great assistant coaches. So he's put together a staff where not only can he do what he's good at, which, you know, throughout his career has always been a floor general, a leader. He also has guys and girls now who are in a position to help him be successful, who have seen the coaching ranks and experienced that. And now we're going to come in and help him grow. So, He's put a staff together and a roster together that doesn't necessarily look like your, your, you know, not a lot of first time coaches get a Damian Lillard. Not a lot of first time coaches step into a Trailblazers team like this one that, you know, basically won the equivalent of 50 games last year coming off a Western Conference Finals appearance two years ago. And his ability to connect with these players and then have a staff behind him to implement a game plan that's going to benefit these players is an understated effect of his hiring. So what that means to me is Chauncey comes in and might win 55, 60 games. You never know because of that's how because that's how good he is. You can't underestimate this guy because he has literally every tool at his disposal. And not only does he have them, he's calling them out at his press conference. He's talking about his staff. He's talking about his players. He's talking about his time as a player. It, it was really well sold. If it's it's like this. If uh if Neil Olshay is running Marvel and he's making those movies. Chauncey Billups just became Robert Downey Jr. <laughs> is he is he Robert Downey Jr. or is he uh, uh, Sam Jackson? I'm saying, you know just what I'm saying. saying though? Nick Fury kind of took the charge, right? The orchestrator. I, I mean, I think Neil would be the would be the leader of Shield, but Chauncey <laughs> was that good. good and point. the way that he talked about, like Rose said, putting an address on it. I know I'm going off, but I was really impressed by his press conference. And I was really impressed by the things that I have read about him over the last couple of months, the way that he's got Damian Lillard to buy in, who I'm sure that we're going to talk about next. CJ's bought in the things that Nurk is saying quick, just put out an article about the pick and roll defense that they implemented today in practice in the athletic. I needed to shoot that over to you and I dropped the ball and I didn't, I apologize, but <laughs> <laughs> the whole th- I, I'm starting to believe that this team I've always said that this team could win 50 55 games I think that this team legitimately if healthy could be a top three seed in the Western Conference is that a hot take should we I mean is that is that our first like real hot take I think so if they stay healthy <laughs> if they stay healthy I'm put it down I, the biggest I, I'm yeah, not gonna say down. you're wrong yet I'm saying 55 plus. If they stay, if 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 their top 
five guys in that starting lineup play 70 plus, I say they win 55 games. I'm with it. Benjamin, did you catch Chauncey? I did catch Chauncey, and I was very impressed with that. You know, the one thing I took from it is that uh, the the quote that he said that we should always be contending for a championship. You know, the last last year the healthiest team ended up winning. You know, quality guys who can step in in case of injuries. He feels that we have a team that's like that. You know, he referenced role players with Phoenix last year, and that's the style that he is going to go forward with us. You know, he's, he also stated that Phoenix was not a championship team at the start of the season and their role players stepped in and and escalated the team up to that level so you know i like the the demeanor that he has that he feels that our roster is going to echo that and, and that we're going to be you know a super contender in the western conference you know by utilizing our role players not just pointing out our stars so that's one thing that i really like to see you know, uh, mm-hmm. making sure your bench is part of the, the game plan for sure. And they're not just there, you know, being cheerleaders like Zach Collins and Myers Leonard were, you know. So that's one thing that I took from it. Yeah, can absolutely. I, can I add just one more thing about Chauncey? On, on his like little introductory press conference, I felt like Chauncey wasn't chauncey like he wasn't being his natural self there was no confidence absolutely i mean like i mean that's that's what it's going to be like when you're kind of thrown to the wolves right so to Mm -hmm. speak as far as the 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 way that everyone was phrasing their questions around him Mm -hmm. but this was the first time we got to see coach chauncey and i was very impressed man very impressed yeah man i agree and and again we're going to talk about nurk in in a little bit but i am really excited to see what he does with Nurk. Amen. Now, look. Chris McGowan, he's important. Do you he guys... Had, he said some I big mean, stuff, man. He got, he got a couple bullet points. Who cares? cares? Hey, I hey, do not hey. care about the president of basketball <laughs> operations. The one, thing, the one thing that he said, though, the team is not for sale. You know? True. I mean, Put a fork good. in it. The team is not for sale. That was one like of the it. questions All asked. Right. Like it. Okay. Team is not for sale. Move on. He's looking at other streaming options, obviously, to expand the brand. And there's going to be a mixtape edition jersey this year. I was just going to bring that up. What? What? I guess if there's anything to talk about from Chris McGowan's conference, I mean, what? What, what is a mixtape edition? Like, I imagine some kind of patchwork First of jersey all, put together. Oh, no. Listen up. Those uh, Oregon brown, doo-doo brown jerseys they, they brought so out. They were so bad, man. Those were trash. <laughs> and look, I don't need the Oregon Ducks to play for the Blazer, like the Blazer uniforms. Like, I don't need 17 different uniforms for my, my team. No, but okay. I do I do like this trend. No, the money grab can go away, man. Give me a white jersey give me a black jersey let's call it good we can alternate with the red every now and again you're just a tradition i'm a traditionalist you're a traditionalist man and that's that's what it comes down to but really man like yo there's a lot of people out there myself included that would love to cop some that's like the other like in 2020 when dame hit for 61 and it was like adidas put the dame lillards for 61 dollars I bought the Rugrats pair. I did, but I also had like 47 colorways to choose from. Like, I don't need that. So you're saying you like the silver blazer jerseys. (laughs) I'm not even touching it. I'm not touching it. 
Uh, all I'm saying is like, I don't need to get hyped about that. I did like, I will say though, I did like the jeweled Nike logo. The, like the holographic jewel I, I Nike do like logo that, that they got on there. Yeah. That's pretty tight. I like that. Yeah, that's fire. Are we that, Jordan brand this year or are we still in the just Nike? Did we pick up Jordan brand? Only the Reds. Only the Reds. The Reds are Jordan brand. Look, I'm excited for the mixtape edition. I just hope it's light. I mean, I hope it's leaps and bounds better than that doo doo brown Oregon jersey the name the, the name just needs to match the level of the jersey like if you're gonna call something the mixtape edition it, it better, better be, be fire. like 90s bro it, it better, better be, be 90s why did inspired like i want to see some graffiti or something you know what i'm saying why was the g <laughs> why was the g in oregon it didn't even it like the cursive g didn't follow through it was like a there was like a break in the line like <laughs> Let's get like Eric got, an Oregon like jersey, dude. Let's get I know, for real. Don't <laughs> <laughs> give me that. Yeah. Hey, All I right, guys. At, I was at the Nike factory store, and them things was like 30 bucks, and I still passed. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I want to move on to my favorite presser of the entire day. The soccer boy. Let's talk about Larry Nance Jr., y'all. Larry Nance Jr. Guys. Did this guy not seem like he was born and raised in Portland? Did it not seem like he belonged here? Look, I'm going to speak for everybody on this podcast and say I'm pretty sure we all developed a man crush yesterday when Larry Nance Jr. was done with his whoa, whoa with now. his presser, dude. Hey, <laughs> slow down. That, I love that dude. I already love that too. I haven't even Our seen him play. Does not speak Look, for me. I I have not even <laughs> seen him play a game for the Blazers yet. But you know what? That dude is fire already. I'm I'm out looking for a jersey. Benjamin, I'll start with you, man. Yeah. Did you see though? Like he threw the shade back to his hometown of Ohio. Though he says Ohio is behind the times. Portland is progressive and forward thinking. He's speaking well, the truth. He was speaking I, the I know, truth. I man. know. But you know. Cleveland was his hometown. You know, his dad's jersey's retired there. He's got the history there and stuff like that. Sure, you know, but he's so not afraid to call to it him. like he sees it. Absolutely. And he wouldn't win no games. He's a very forward, yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's a very forward-thinking guy in the community, too. Like he said in his, his presser, you know, he was helping on an LGBTQ bill to help promote people from getting discriminated in the workplace. Like, what athlete yeah. do you know is that involved with a community project like that? You know? Oh, yeah. And out, I mean, and, and outside of that, he's a soccer fan. You know, that's what I'm saying. He fits. And hey, let's talk about perfect, man. Who cares about that? And let's no, talk like about, timbers. let's no, no, talk no, no, about maybe good. the that's third positive. Let's talk about maybe the about... third most charismatic blazer on the roster right now. He might be the first. Maybe. He I mean, be, he's giving he Dane and the CJ first. a run for their money. That guy was literal gold from the time he stepped up to the mic until even afterwards, when he was going to the, the shows afterwards, well, I was going to say, when yeah. he dabbed Nurt, when he gave Nurt daps. <laughs> I'm telling you, man, Larry, and we talked, you probably saw it on Twitter today too, Tim. I kind of, I, I, I had to chime in on some, on some, some mellow versus Nance stuff. The guy walked in and said, I don't care if I play two minutes a game as long as we win. Well, one, he's never going to play Benjamin, two minutes a game. He's just too good. Benjamin, hit him with that bingo, bango, bongo. <laughs> bingo, bango, bongo. <laughs> he's the kind of guy that you want on your team. Yeah. You know, he's that he's that guy. He He's the guy that, that he'll go out and give you 
110% whether he's playing 60 seconds or he's playing 36 minutes a game. Look, he's the and, glue guy. He's the yep, glue. He's he is, the Draymond man. Green. He's, you know, like he's he's that you know glue what? guy. Forget it. Second hot take of the night. Larry Nance, top five in voting for six man of the year. Ooh, what about defensive player, though? I'm giving that to Nert. I'll just see if you're going to double down. This is this is my hot take on Larry Nance. I think he cracks the starting five. Well, I think he's going to sneak in there. Well, let's let's talk about that because I think this roster is going to be consistently evolving throughout the season and even into the playoffs because I think it has that ability. I think you've got guys that can come in and you can you can play a lot of small ball. You can play bully ball. You can you can run three guards, two guards. You can you can do so much with this roster. Everyone mentioned the word small ball. Did anyone notice that? No, just me. Even Dame said Dame said he talked about Larry Nance. It's like he could play mm-hmm. the small ball five about Larry. Mm-hmm. I did. Yeah. Sean See, C I don't think that said the I don't same thing about Larry Nance. That he oh, could this play team's the small gonna ball run, five. Fellas. This team's gonna run. That got me hyped. What I in- I think the addition of Nance probably negates the contributions of Cody Zeller. You know, it cuts into Zeller's playing time, and it changes the face of that second unit a little See, bit. See, but, but I, I think I that's a good thing. No, me too. No, me too. But I don't think. I mean, the way that I look at it, and the way that I'm I'm reading, I'm reading the tea leaves, bro. I like it. <laughs> I'm I like reading it, them. Dude. Good cup of tea. Nance dude. is going to get 30 minutes a game, but he's going to get it at two different, at, at potentially two and more than likely three different spots. All three front court spots he gets minutes at. But I think that he backs up Nurk. They go small. I think that he comes in for Covington as the first sub, you know, to start the game. And I think that in the event that when, when CJ comes out and Norm slides down, maybe he slides back down to the three or Rocco comes in at the three, you know, so he's going to see a lot of minutes, but I think that, I, I don't know if he cracks the starting lineup, but I think that he actually becomes the the literal definition of that sixth starter. He's that guy that, even though he doesn't start the game, he is the sixth guy in that rotation, and he plays the most minutes. He probably plays more minutes than, than um, my breakout, my potential breakout player, my pick, who was Anthony Simons. Well, you know what he does? He can he can come in and play the three or, or move Rocco to the three so that you can sub out Dame or CJ and slide Norm over. I mean, right. when you're talking about the first guy that, to come off the bench, I mean, that's exactly, that's exactly it, man. Like, he is going to make this team go. Week three of football is in the books, and now it's time to review the tape and get ready for week four with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. To kick off another action-packed week, DraftKings is giving new customers $150 instantly when they bet $1 on any football game. Listen up because you don't want to miss this. Download the DraftKings Sportbook app now and use promo code TBPN to receive $150 in free bets when you place a $1 bet on any football game. That's promo code TBPN this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. 
Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and dollar wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. He's like, pro- like, like we talked about this a couple weeks piece. ago, right? Yeah, we sure did. He's, he's coming in for CJ. Like, yeah. CJ's the first guy out. Definitely mm-hmm. the first guy out. And this yeah. is the thing about Larry Nance. This is this is basically what encapsulates my hot take is that the best lineups this year are going to involve Larry Nance. Like you could put my stamp on it. The best ones are going to involve Larry Nance, whether that be small ball, whether that be five, like the, like the four, whatever it is, dude, it's going to involve him because he's going to be able to do a lot and wreak havoc. And you know what? He's excited to be here. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, definitely in love with this guy after that presser. He just seems like he naturally fit in. I know Ben was like, well, he threw his hometown under the bus. Well, that just you made me Ohio? That just made me like him more. Or it's like, you like this place better than your hometown? Like, he had so many glowing things to say. It's almost like the first time that I, I went to Vegas. You know that first time you fall in love with Vegas? You Careful. go there. Careful. And you're Remember, like, it's supposed to stay there. It's supposed to stay <laughs> there. Oh, no. I'm, let's, let's, let's not share Nobody stories here. Nobody falls in love with Vegas. Vegas is your side chick. <laughs> like, oh, wow. And we all know somebody who fell in love with Vegas. How'd that work out? Or fell in love in Vegas. How'd that work out? All I'm saying is that you see all those lights. You see all those events. You see the shows all the drinking or whatever it is you're partaking in buffets (laughs) this show is going off the rails (laughs) let's let's pause for a second all i'm saying is that larry nance has goo goo gaga eyes over portland right now and it definitely came out okay it came out during this presser so he he is he does, Likeable and I think guy, it's man. safe I'm, to say that it. I was speaking for everybody when I say yeah, we oh, all developed dude. a man crush. Now, fellas, yes. we got to move, man. Just we got it. CJ up next. First of all, did you see that fool sit down? Did you see him <laughs> slowly ease into his chair and groan like a 65-year-old man crawling into his lazy boy? Let's, let's not like read a into wine it too connoisseur. Much. <laughs> let's not read. Let's not read into it too much, man. Look, I'm not. I'm not he saying he was hurt or anything. I'm sure he just yeah. got off a workout or something. He's probably sore as hell. But look, to me, it didn't seem. It seemed like CJ was going through the motions. That that guy's got to be tired. I mean, he's running triple duty at this point. Yeah, he's got a lot on his plate. I mean, he had questions talking about it. Um. I mean, his life is just go, dude. I mean, at 30 years old, he's got a kid on the way. He's also um, president. So- yep. yep. President of the Players Association. I mean, he's handling a lot, including trying to intake everything that Chauncey and this new coaching staff is giving to him. So there's a lot on his plate, man. And I, I understand the concerns of the questions where it's like, how are you going to balance all of this? I think CJ answered the questions like a president would very diplomatically we just have to see it pan out i really enjoyed his answer to uh i don't remember who it was that asked the question but how how it affected him you know everything 
going on this offseason with everyone saying, you know, CJ should be traded, you know, going about the right. talking about the Ben Simmons CJ swap, yada yada yada, which hey, I'm gonna go on record and say that I happen. love CJ, but make it happen. <laughs> make the trade already. Oh, but look, just CJ, clear my throat, sorry. I thought CJ handled it really well and i hope that truly is his mindset because look he's at the top of his game he's playing at the highest level you know what's gonna come with 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 that right like right being such a hope high profile athlete like it's gonna happen but eric i feel like you haven't talked much this episode oh yeah <laughs> yeah uh cj was a uh, cj was cj you know he's charismatic and he, at this point in his career, he knows what he needs to say. It kind of reminded me of like the Clyde Drexler type. He's very PC with his answers. Yeah, exactly. Yep. You know, yep. and the thing about CJ is like, you guys already touched on it. There's a lot of things going on in his life between, you know, the, the players association presidency, the, the, the baby on the way, the, the trade stuff, you know, his personal health coming off his injury last season. Right. It, it, CJ is going to CJ though. You know, you can pencil that guy in at bare minimum for 22, five and five a night. You know, he's going to shoot 48% from two. He's going to shoot 40% from three. You know, he's a potential 50, 40, 90 guy. He's, he's probably the most predictable blazer that there is on the roster. You know exactly what you're going to get from him at any given time. So when he sits down in front of that mic, no matter what he says, it doesn't really matter. You know, the, the big thing to me is that he endorsed Billups and the changes that they were making and the accountability. And he said, I think at one point, you know, it was like, yeah, call me out. I, I don't get sensitive, mm-hmm. you know, and I like that because that shows a trust in the coach. But other than that, everything that he said was pretty run of the mill. Do you have yeah, his leaning shoes? I didn't get him. You didn't get him? Well, I mean, you should be no. excited. He's coming out with new colorways. <laughs> I see what you did uh, there. <laughs> I think in in Eric's mind, if it doesn't have a swoosh or a jump man on it, three stripes too. I can oh, do three or three stripes. stripes. <laughs> they, they aren't shoes. They ain't shoes. Yeah, I'm sorry, man. I'm not. I'm still not. I'm not sold on the. What is it? Lining or lining? Leaning. Lean. Right? Leaning, leaning. I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, no, or but... the Pumas, or the New Balance. Look, man, I'm just not sold. Forgive on the me, quality. Norman Powell. I don't, I don't even rock with the and ones. You know what I'm saying? Like those mixtapes haven't been hot in about 15 years. <laughs> Is Norman still rocking the and ones? And ones, baby. No way. I didn't yep. even know they were still making shoes. Is that they like mixtapes, bro? <laughs> I'm just true. Kidding. Yeah, yeah. That's a. I just I just want to poke out real quick, uh, poke out, poke out, what? Point out uh, real quick that one thing I took from when he was talking about the players' union and whatnot, the one quote that I took from it is that he's looking to make sure the league is in better hands when I leave. So I feel like that is a very positive comment, and I like that. I like the way he's going to take the way the, he's going to steer the league, and I'm ecstatic. Are you poking out? <laughs> <laughs> oh wait, 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 wait! Poking out. Let's go with another quote. Uh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. CJ was quoted as saying, uh, "I've been scoring since I came out of the womb." The best, 
Best thing he said the entire conference. Well, well Busted Bucket will have a t-shirt with that coming out here we got, soon. We got to move on. Make sure you cop that. Yeah, so, CJ coming out the so wounds of some sort. This is yeah. the whole podcast, guys. This is the whole Vegas conversation again. We got to go. It's got to stay there, fellas. All right. After CJ, we've got the new big, Cody Zeller, who looks like he might be 72 years old, but... Apparently has quick feet still. This uh, dude looks the like most he played for the boring, alumni team, man. <laughs> the most boring answers ever. Yeah, I gotta yeah. say, I was not, I was not that intrigued by Cody. Is it? Is it? It's Cody, right? Is it Cody, Cody Zeller? Yeah, Cody. I, I gotta it's say, Cody. His, his press conference was what three minutes, maybe max. Yeah. Look, here's the thing. Nobody, nobody wants to talk to Cody. They, it, they know he's just a big body to get in there, move around, stop. You know, he, he said it himself. He's not a rim protector, Correct. but he'll throw his body in there. So he's a big body. Look, I'm voting to skip because I want to get to Nurk. Let's do skip. it. Let's talk about Nurk. Who wants to take this one? Who's who's got something they really need to say about Nurk? Nurk can be a d bag, man. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking there might be something good, like something positive. It's, but all right, yeah, we're positive. <laughs> I'll give we're it positive to him. Hey, here, bro. hey, run with it like, though. Run with it. Let's see where this goes. All I'm saying is. It's it's not even a, it's not a negative. Nurk had the ability and the opportunity to develop his career under Terry Stotts, and a lot of the things that went wrong in Nurk's tenure under Stotts were things that were within his control. Conditioning's within his control. His approach to the game is within his control. His ability to stay healthy, minus the the leg injury in 2019, you know, those are all things that are within his, within his control. For him, the way that he was tossing shade around, though, kind of comes off as d baggish, but at the same time, that's kind of the thing that we love about Nurk. We love when Nurk shows up with the. Uh, you know, got bricks next question shirt during the Oklahoma city series. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like we like that about him. So he walks into that press conference and he's talking about how much he loves Chauncey and how invested he is and how much he appreciates, you know, the time that Chauncey spent, you know, talking to him about his role in the offense and him being a team first guy. Those are all typical nerd things. Some of those things, though, are counterintuitive to the thing that he just said right before, you know, the sentence before. But that, again, is also kind of nerd. So he comes out and kind of just is all over the place. He says, I'm a team first guy, but he's also like, you know, but I'm also going to be a huge part of the offense. It's like, okay. Well, look, I think I think when he says that, he's just kind of letting everybody know that he's excited about. Uh, right. His role that is changing. It's going to be evolving into something more than just setting screens and playing cleanup. Right. You know what I mean? Like, like he's he's going to be more involved in the game plan. Look, the thing that I really enjoyed, like, like if you if we want to head back to Chauncey, Chauncey was talking about using him in, in the high block, uh, using him to create up there you know developing his his jumper from there and then like saying stuff like if all else fails we're gonna put him on the low block give it to him and see what he can do sort of thing you know like like as nurk how could you not be excited no he's super excited and i and i think that the things that 
you know, that a lot of people take as negatives. And I'm going to go on the record and say, like, there's nothing wrong with being a douchebag sometimes. Like, sometimes that's just a, that's a character trait that you have to have if you want to have a chip on your shoulder and be effective. And he's got that. And the stuff that he was saying, while sometimes it can be a little bit um, out there and it can be construed as negative like he is excited and he is happy and he is invested i and i'll be the first to tell you i didn't like what he said after the denver series where he's like we'll see you know we'll see where my future is it's like you know man i don't necessarily appreciate that from a guy who who wants to be a franchise cornerstone but dame came in and said that he worked his butt off that he was in the gym with him at the same time. Chauncey's come in and said that he's FaceTimed him while he's in Bosnia at like five in the morning. The guy's in the gym working out. The guy's putting the work in. And Nurkic has the ability to be really to me, and I, you know, we've said this before, you know, he is the the linchpin. He's the guy that that can either blow it all up or he can keep it all together. And Right. His ability to pass out of the post, his ability to pass at the elbow, shoot at the elbow, move around, triple threat, like the whole gamut makes him probably the most dangerous player on the court when he's on the court for Portland. And for him to come in and talk about how happy he is mentally, that says that he's in the place where he's going to make all that stuff. Hey, he's going to put it all together and make it all happen. Absolutely. Bro, give me your take. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to just pretty much echo what Eric was saying. I mean... All right, moving on. (laughs) (laughs) This guy. The main thing that I took with what Eric was saying is that he's invested. He's buying in. And we were worried that Mm -hmm. he wasn't going to be fully invested, um, especially the way last year ended. And right now, he's saying all the right things. Even if he has to throw Terry Stotts underneath the bus, I like it. It's petty. Multiple times. I don't, I don't care that you throw Terry Stotts under the bus. Just tell me that you like our current coach and what he's bringing to the game. As far as playmaking ability, scoring ability, it seems like Chauncey really has him just in his pocket. Like, he's buying in, and I love it. Absolutely. Benjamin? Yeah, I just will just hit real quick that he just pointed out that he really enjoyed the Roy Rogers hire. He's excited to work with him this coming season. Yeah. And, and I'm a firm believer and advocate that, that former players are probably the best coaches uh, going forward in, in the league that the way that it's shaping up. So, you know, that's Agreed. one thing that just hit me. So I'm just going to leave it at that. Right on. All right. Y'all know who's coming next. Drop him. <laughs> we got Dame Lillard. He takes oh, I thought the you were going Watford. Trendon Watford? No. <laughs> oh, hey, I'll, just, the, I'll just erase the article I have here written. Might be the okay. best sorry, joke. Sorry, Dennis Smith Jr. is really upset that you skipped over him. That yeah. was the best joke you've ever had on this show. I'm impressed, it Benjamin. Really was. That was great. It's fire. It's fire. <laughs> and I'm so, out. Thanks, guys. So Dame walks. Check it out. Dame walks up, gets up to the podium with his Olympic medal in hand, and again. I think he says the right things. Benjamin, let's start with you. Yeah, man, I felt like he, if he was in a hole through the off season, you know, people were not relying on him or thinking that he was going to be the star to lead the team. He just, you know, 
contradicted all that information and, and and he just said that he was here for the team he enjoyed the roster movement that we did you know he went over each player he was very very proud that we picked up larry nance you know snell macklemore and all them yeah he's got he pointed out the good players in camp we have to fill out that roster as well and it, it's just a guy just I don't know, man. He just turned it around for me, and he came out with a, such positivity and, and a good outlook on the season that it just makes you even more excited for what's to come. Oh, yeah. Uh, Absolutely. You know, and he just states that he's gone through a lot of stuff in the off season. You know, he got married. We talked about that a couple pods ago. You know, married yep. to the woman he met in college. He had the Team USA. You know, he had twins. You know, he says that it centered him. You know, he's always been through uh, a lot, and, you know... As Tim would like to say, or wait, no, no, Eric. He quoted saying, "I'll go out on my shield." Right, right, Eric. Is that is that what you want? It was me, and you know what? The truth be told, Dame, who's had a great summer and a terrible summer at the same time, needed to come out and do some things to set the record straight, and that's exactly what he did on Monday. You know, the dude was in the in the midst of trade rumors wanting out there were some some questions about his loyalty to the franchise there were the 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 fan blow there was the fan blowback from his endorsement of Jason Kidd then following that there was the blowback from his endorsement of Chauncey Billups and that resulted in some real turmoil in terms of whether or not he was going to remain with the franchise he did have twins he did win a medal he did get married then he steps up on Monday and says I gotta do me I gotta be me I have to go out on my shield and do the things that I've been preaching for the last nine years which is I want to win a championship in Portland I'm here and to me honestly like he didn't have to do that. He could have come in and just said, you know, I'm committed to Portland. I, I, I my time here has been well spent. I want to see where this thing goes. I want to give Chancey an opportunity. Is this Pokemon? And a lot of Blazer Twitter is going to disagree with me. What's that? I said, was this Pokemon Chancey? It's my Chancey. Sorry. <laughs> but he wants to. I'm from New York sometimes. <laughs> Occasionally. But he comes out and he says that he's committed to Portland, that he is Portland. Rip City is my city. You know, he put that in the in the Instagram post. He's now out there saying that he likes the moves that we made. He's basically saying, I, you know, I've readjusted my focus and I am part of this and I am not asking out. I'm here. I want to be here. I'm invested in this. And like I was just getting ready to say blazer Twitter might disagree with me, but this guy, he, he squashed it. He squashed it, man. The guy's, the guy's Portland through and through. Absolutely. Look, uh, in the interest of time, I'm going to get to row about Dame, but the next few guys, I want you guys to think up two bullet points for Powell Simons, Nasir little and Rocco. And we're going to do rapid fire Got it. right after Roe hits us with what he took away from Dane. But wait, 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 wait. Did you get those RCOTA shoes, uh, Eric? Rip City? Wait, what is it? Rip the, City the, on the Dame a... shoes. Rip, su- yeah, Rip, Rip City, City on, on the, the ass. Oh. 
<laughs> a word. Yeah. Did you did you cop those? The shoe guy? The, no. No. Okay. All right. Sorry, Ro. Carry on. What you got, Ro? I can't play in low tops, man. <laughs> what I took from Dame's presser, man, is that he's been through the ups and downs throughout his entire life. That's basically what he said, right? He said even he's basically reflecting his relationship with the Blazers with his real life, which is, you know, he got married. He's like, I had ups and downs with her. You know, sometimes I didn't like her. And then we end up getting married. And then he talked about the gold medal and how I didn't even want to, I didn't even want to play for the Olympics at the time, but I, I said yes. And then I won it. And then people telling him he shouldn't even do music. And he saw it through. And now look at like that new album that he dropped this year was absolute fire with like amazing featuring people. And you know what I mean? Like Dame's got to do Dame. Dame's going to do Dame. And another point that I took away is that he actually likes the roster. He actually likes the roster. He did hedge it though with saying, because they were asking him about trade talks. He did say that, well, first off, you need a partner that's going to dance in the trade, right? And that opportunity didn't present itself but with the moves that were available to the Blazers, he really liked. And his for it, he started calling out people. He said, you know, Larry Nance, good pickup, small ball five, can shoot the three defensively, is versatile. Um, Tony Snell is a three and D guy. Marquise Chris is an energy guy. Patrick Peterson. I mean, he name dropped people that he really likes on this team. And I can't remember in the past pressers where he was actually complimenting like Neil Olshay's offseason moves. So that was a really big thing for me because I questioned whether or not Dame Lillard has a meaningful relationship or a professional, like, I trust you kind of relationship with Neil, especially with what went on this offseason. And he squashed it. He absolutely squashed it. Yeah, absolutely. All right, fellas. Now that you've had some time to do your homework, hit me with two from pal. Eric. Uh... His relationship with CJ, LB. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think it's great for uh, a player like CJ to get mentorship from a guy like, you know, Norm, who's got a championship under his belt. Also, the fact that he said that Dame reached out to him also further illustrates that Dame is Portland through and through. Yep, agreed. Benjamin. Uh, it, it, the way he started it out, he says, you need to come back where you're most loved. You know, mm-hmm. that, that, that really hit you me love right that there. Dude. And, you know, since Eric hit my other bullet point, I'm going to, I'm going to go with the part where he, you know, brought up the accountability, you know, where everybody needs to hold ourselves individually to a higher standard, you know, more accountability needs to be held. And, and I think Powell, you know, coming off, you know, his championship year with Toronto is going to be someone that leads us in that accountability. Yep, yep. Bro, you got something you want, to, you want me to move on? Uh, just one point, which is he said that he's not being traded midseason, which tells me that, you know, he's, uh, he's definitely a mainstay for the identity that Chauncey Billups wants to establish this year. So he's here to stay. Simons, same order. Um, bulking up was a big one for him obviously you see him and he's he's much larger again he kind of just said the same thing that 
all players say at media day. So there wasn't a lot to glean from his presser necessarily, but you can tell looking at his body that he spent some time in the gym and getting a girlfriend who is going to keep you level headed is a big thing in the, uh, in the league. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm sorry. Like it is. And it seems like he's got himself a girl and that can lead to maturity and maturity is a thing that will eventually lead to growth for him. Benjamin. Uh, he was quoted as saying that the summer he's been working on his jump shot, you know, finishing working on playmaking. Those were two of his goals this summer. You know, he wants to well, see some. We all know he doesn't need things. to work on dunks. Well, maybe he'll have more than in two game. dunks this year. <clears throat> in game. <clears throat> but, you know. In game dunks. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, yeah. His, pres- his presser was real quick, you know, to the point. You know, they, they hit on trade speculation. I don't think he was on any trade speculation this offseason. You know, but he said that the family members were hitting him up and telling him stuff. But, you know, he said, all I can control is what I can. And he's focused on playing his game. So, you know, we'll just leave it at that. And he got tatted up. Um, you know, there's there's nothing to really take from here for me, so we could just move on. Nas, <laughs> let's go reverse order. Nas, dude, I love this guy. <laughs> Absolutely in love with this guy. All I'm saying is that Tim Johnson, you questioned me on whether or not this guy was injured or that he was gonna actually play an important role, man. This guy, he looks great. He put on some poundage. He's also been working on a little bit of everything. He put in making the extra pass, which is absolutely important in ball movement. Movement. So those are the two things I enjoyed. Did I question you? You did say that like you were kind of questioning why he didn't play summer league. You're like, is it because his could have been one of two scenarios? Is, is it what I a said. Trade thing. I said it You're could like, have been one of two scenarios. Said, he's either injured or they, they've they seen enough and he's got a major role. Well, maybe not major, but he's got a significant role to play. He looks mighty healthy to me. <laughs> Benjamin. Uh, I think the one little just bullet point that took is that uh, where he can play in the lineup. He, can play, he says he can play the four, create mismatches. Uh, he also calls himself most effective at the three. You know, so he says the two or the three is cool for me, but it was big that he pointed out that he is willing to contribute at the four to create size mismatches, you know, and speed probably on that position. So that's, that's all I got from Nas. Eric. He mentioned that he's lighter than he's ever been, but stronger than he's ever been. And I think that we can probably see that, um, his body composition has changed a little bit and that, you know, three years going in now, he's going to be 22 years old. This is where you would typically see a senior in college coming out and you can hopefully see why he was projected at one point to be a top 10 NBA draft pick. Absolutely. Roco. Let's go the same order as last time. You know, I, I didn't really take much from his, his presser to be honest. So I'm going to pass, man. Benjamin? I'll, I'll just point out real quick that they really hit him real real quick with the stating that it was the lowest offensive production last year. Well, that's not Rocco, and that's what he said too. He goes, that's not what I worry about. My focus is on defense. He's like, we have two superstars, Nurk and Norm. You know, the little things I do is create opportunities. I'm not worried about shots or if I touch the ball. 
The offensive production doesn't bother me. I'm here for a defender. So it's a player that really feels like he knows his role and where he fits in in his lineup. Yeah. Eric. Yeah, he didn't say much. He was another one of those guys that kind of just stood there and smiled a little bit and said all the right things. But, you know, as far as what you're going to get from him in a year, like if CJ is the most predictable guy, Rocco is, you know, the second. You know, I, I I don't say that about Dame because Dame can go for 30, but he can also go for 65 at any given night. So that's not <laughs> predictable, you know, but you know what you're going to get from him. And I think that, you know, he was very clear that you could – you could rely on his steady production throughout the year. Yeah, absolutely. But gentlemen, we are running long, but we have to let the man in the chair get his shine in the next segment. And that, of course, is giving props. Giving props, yo. Respect or credit due to the people or person or group of people things going on in the world that poke around, right? I, I don't know what Eric's yes. doing. Nobody can see Eric, but uh, let's just start with the first one. I'm sure, you know, all the NBA teams were having their press conferences, and I'm sure everyone saw the Nets press conference with Kevin Durant. I saw a well, clip. Yeah, I'm sure everybody's seen the clip or seen the, you know, little tidbits of it. David Letterman was in attendance asking hard-hitting questions to Kevin Durant. Now, here's his hard-hitting questions. Why do they call you KD? Well, Kevin Durant responds with, well, my, my first name's Kevin, and my, my middle, uh, I mean, last name is Durant, so that's that's why they call me KD. And then he asks, what percentage are you going to be playing on the floor this year? 80, 90, 110%? And KD's like, uh, yeah, yeah, 100, 110%. And then, and then one of my favorite questions is that he goes, I've been in talks with James Dolan, you know, and we're trying to get you a contract so that you'll play with the Knicks on your days off instead of with the Nets. And at that point, KD was checked out, not amused. Uh, kind of just shut David Letterman down and it just moved on. Did we give Letterman I believe props? he said, didn't yeah. he say like, y'all just let anybody in here, huh? Yeah. True. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, but can we give David Letterman props for coming in there and, and talking to the snake with the hard-hitting questions? Tim. First of all, I think Letterman was an obvious plant by somebody. <laughs> but yes, I give that props. That is hilarious. I think that's amazing. <laughs> I, give, I give that mad props to whoever orchestrated that because, hey, is it good for a laugh? And laughing is good these days. <laughs> All right. So, Bay Area Blazer, what you got? Man, I think I'm I think I'm with Tim, dude. I'm with Tim. It made me chuckle. It made me laugh. I like that he knows that who he's talking to. You know what I mean? Like, he knows that he's asking an extremely sensitive guy these dumb <laughs> questions and getting a reaction out of him. That feels like something I would do, man. So, mad props. Uh, Eric, I guess we'll get your opinion on this one. I guess. Yeah, anything. <laughs> yeah. Well, okay, well. Anything that makes KD show his rear end is a, is mad props to me because I hate that dude. Okay, and especially guess. that it's David Letterman, of all people, from Basketball Digest. <laughs> That's yes. a win. Yes, True. Basketball Digest, folks. 
All right, we got props across the board on that one. Now, this next one, check this one out, okay? Eric, this this is a really good one for you, my friend. An Idaho Yay. man catches 35 grapes in his mouth while juggling three balls for one minute. David Rush is the name. He has broken more than 200 Guinness records, and you guessed it, this is one of them. Most grapes caught in the mouth while juggling for one minute. Rush said it took him some practice, but eventually mastered it. his juggling balls. We need to see. We need to see these uh, training videos. It's <laughs> just putting grapes in his mouth while juggling three balls. Oh, he, man. He's got a he's got a future career in the adult film industry. Oh God. Oh no. So Eric, you're giving you're giving props to David. <laughs> I've never seen anything like it. <laughs> I, I think. Uh, <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Let's take a step back here. How many grapes was it? Thirty-five grapes. <laughs> <laughs> he broke the record of thirty-two grapes previously. Oh man. <laughs> does does it matter? Does it <laughs> <laughs> Should we move on, folks? Should we move on? Let's move on. Let's move on. Yeah, let's let's just go past this one, man. This is too much. Okay. All right. All right. I, you, you know, you got to get those Guinness records in. But last week, Aaron Jones of the Green Bay Packers had a night to remember. Tim Packers, yeah, is uh, your fan, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He scored four <laughs> touchdowns. He didn't catch thirty-five grapes and juggle three balls. But he had lost the necklace containing ashes of his late father after the second quarter touchdown. Sadly, his father had passed away earlier in the year due to COVID complications. Aaron's father had always attended his games too. But alas, a team trainer scoured the field the next day and found the necklace and was able to reunite Jones with it again. Do we give props to that trainer who came out with that fine eye on the field to locate that necklace for Jones to reunite him with his dad's ashes? Bro? I'm going to say absolutely yes. I mean, have you ever lost anything in a field? Like, it is so hard to detect. Like, how the heck... How how did he do that? That's absolutely amazing. And plus, it was meaningful for Aaron Jones, so mad props. Yeah, yeah. Tim? Green Bay oh, Packers? Oh, yeah, you got to give that props. I think any Packer, any Packer fan is going to give props to this one, right? <clears throat> uh, yeah, I'm sure. I, I mean, I give his four touchdowns props as well. Absolutely. I, Absolutely. I wish he did that this season. Might have or this this game might have saved my fantasy season. <laughs> uh, he's on my fantasy team. Thank you, Aaron. Appreciate it. Nice, Eric. You got anything on this one? Uh, yeah. I mean, I gotta give him props. That's a that's a huge thing. And for Jones, that was probably very sentimental. And I like what he I like what Aaron Jones said though. He's like, before it was found, he goes. Well, if there's anywhere my dad would have wanted been, it would have been lost. He would have wanted it to be in the end zone. Yeah, for sure. So, 
it was it was kind of cool that he was able to find it but if it wasn't i mean you think about like the ultimate final resting place absolutely all right so we got props all across the board on that one that was a pretty easy one should we go back to the grapes and juggling we want to touch on that one again no absolutely not (laughs) (laughs) fellas thank you for joining me big shout out to you guys the encyclopedia foster the bay area blazer rosa panta the man in the chair blazer ben the basketball podcast network DraftKings, and especially you our listeners twitter followers and bucket busters you make it so easy to keep stepping up to this mic keep reaching out to us on twitter at bust a bucket with your comments and questions we love building community with you all check out our website bustedbucketpod.com don't forget to rate follow and subscribe if you're digging what we're saying be good to each other rip city we'll catch you next time on the busted bucket podcast thanks for listening